You're listening to KK Psy Presents, brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity. Welcome to KK Psy Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs and Fellow Band Nerd. This podcast is designed to fill you in on the latest fraternal news, to connect you with ideals from around the nation, and to add that extra bit of brotherhood to your everyday. Hey, brothers, and welcome back to KK Psy Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs. So we just had Thanksgiving, so I hope you're all enjoying the tail end of a relaxing and and a great Thanksgiving break. And I hope you're all excited to get back for the last month of the year. So with that being said, today's episode is not going to feature any guests because I wanted to speak straight to our students about One of the issues that I often hear about and have dealt with myself as a student coming up to the end of the year. So, of course, you know, as we're wrapping up our school year, we're wrapping up our work. Some people will be graduating as well. There's this sentiment of of wanting to just start fresh. There's this uh, exhaustion that might be kicking in, senioritis might be kicking in. Um, And there's this feeling that we may be a little bit overwhelmed, uh, maybe due to the weather, due to whatever situation it may be. Um, So today I wanted to talk to you about some of, uh, I guess a common issue is essentially burnout and how to Start developing your plans for 2020. How to, how to, um, I guess, up tips on goal setting, and just some examples of of motivation and, and a little bit of of science behind our motivation. And I think it's really important um, to have this conversation, not just at the end of the year, but throughout the entire year. Uh, it just I find it to be a little bit more prevalent near the end of of the actual calendar year, um, because we are heading into holiday break. We, we do have, you know, the, the whole new, new year, new me, um, sort of mindset going on. So we tend to either ignore, we brush off any deadlines, we brush off any work that we have to do and just hope that the new year will, will kind of, um, help out with that. And that the new start will help out with that. So, so the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is is willpower, and sometimes there are there you know, for example, myself, um, you know, as a student, I wanted to do anything and everything that I could. Uh, I wanted to be a great student. I wanted to be a great musician, a great brother. Uh, I wanted to be uh, a great uh, you know member of of our campus. So I wanted to do a lot, and that takes a lot of willpower, and something that I had to come to accept is that we may, we all have different amounts of willpower that we can draw on. um, But it's, it's not enough to keep us going throughout the entire year, especially when we're coming to the end of the calendar year. And something that I had to accept and come to, to understand is that, well, there is a depletion of willpower. It's an exhaustible source. Um, and this is what a lot of um, psychologists or economists call ego depletion. Uh, because again, you know, there's only a finite amount 
of willpower that we have as individuals and to keep driving and drawing from that source, again, this will deplete. So it's completely normal as you're going throughout the year to feel down, to feel low, to have moments where you're not wanting to do anything. You're not wanting to work on your assignments. You're not wanting to practice your instrument. You're not wanting to you know go to chapter, attend these events. And a big part of it is because we have this depletion of our willpower. So three tips for you as, as you're looking towards yourself, you're doing some self-reflection here is one, simply get started. As an individual myself, I tend to look at the big picture. And when I look at, you know, when I focus on the big picture, I focus on everything that I have to do and how much time it's going to take, you know, how much resources uh, it's, it's all going to take. So I get overwhelmed. And, you know, I, I hear this often from other students as well, because, you know, you have a finite amount of time. You have schoolwork. You have, you know, you have time. You have to spend for your chapter. You have to spend time on your instrument in your in your ensemble. You have. You may have to work. You may have. You know, there's so many things that take up our time. So my first advice for you all is to simply get started. And one of the side effects, or one of the the causes. Um, one of the things that cause us not to get started, again, is because we, we get overwhelmed by these big tasks, these larger goals. So a lot of time our, our minds will our mind will start shifting from from what we have to do to small mindless tasks. And this is something called the um, Zygarnik effect, where our mind shifts to things that can be done easily, have been done already, so that we are completing smaller tasks. We're checking out this list to make ourselves feel better. And that's something we want to avoid, all right? So a great way to get started is to set some deadlines for yourself. And I know for myself, you know, if I don't have deadlines, I'm probably not going to work on it because I have learned to prioritize what I need to do each and every day, each week, each month. So I'm not going to be doing everything all at once. I'm going to be working on my pri my highest priority items. Um, so again, you know, setting that priority, setting the dot, the deadline for any and all of your goals is really important. And then breaking those goals down, breaking that to those tasks down to smaller bits. But the main thing is that you have to get started. And, you know, think back on, on past examples of your, your own life. You know, I'm sure there were projects, there were papers, or something that's happened in your life that may have seemed really daunting. Um, but there may have been other times where, you know, you kind of chipped these goals, these tasks down little by little. And once you kind of got started, you kind of felt that momentum building up. So something, for example, something that I do um, that I, I often find myself kind of ramping up is, you know, I have to do a lot of, of I have to create a lot of images, do a lot of posting um, for work, doing a lot of um, social media management for the other organizations I'm a part of. And a lot of times it's, I know that I'm going to be sitting there for hours doing it and I'm just not motivated to do it. So I put it off. I put it off. I put it off. Well, I've learned that once I get started, I kind of rent through it. You know, I build up that, that motivation. I build up that momentum to really get things done. And once you get started, it's a lot easier to come back to your work and to continue that work. Um, and I, I, just like marching band, the first step, is the hardest step to take, but you got to take it. Right. So my, my number one advice for you, um, my first piece of advice for you is to simply get started on some smaller, um, aspect of the larger tasks you have to do, not mindless tasks, but something that will 
will help you build up momentum towards achieving and completing your, your actual task. The second thing is working on time management. And this to me is sort of just one of those buzz phrases that, you know, people often throw around, Oh, time management, you know, that's something that that's one of my goals for, for, for the new year. Great. Fantastic. What does that look like? And how are you going to achieve that? So, you know, rather than focusing on buying the newest book or downloading the the best app for time management, and I'm not saying those are bad, but again, those are so smaller tasks, smaller achievable um, tasks that our minds will focus on so that we make ourselves feel like we actually achieved it when at the end, we really didn't we didn't really chip into the, the, the larger tasks. So when we're talking about time management, um, there's actually been studies that have been done that have assessed and um, looked into uh, professional mus- musicians. And the top musicians out there, it's not that they're spending more time practicing, but they're actually spending more time having deliberate practice. And what that means is that they are setting a, a finite, they're setting a, a, a planned amount of time to practice, to rehearse, and then also incorporating smaller breaks in there to give themselves a mental break, to give their bodies uh, a breather. So one of the things that you have to do when when it comes to deliberate practice or deliberate work time is uh, breaking down your day into smaller chunks where you are working and then you're doing um, other things throughout the day, not just working on one project, one task throughout the day, because again, that can be daunting. That, that, that's, that's very taxing on you uh, mentally and emotionally. So uh, one rule of thumb that I often use, um, and this goes the same for doing homework, doing work, or just simply practicing your, your instrument, spending 90 minutes of intense work and then incorporating in about 15 to 20 minutes of a break in between those intense work blocks. The second thing is always focus on the hardest task first, you know, prioritizing. If you're, if you're practicing a piece, if you're working on things for your chapter, if you're, if it's for homework, focus on the hardest task first, right? Focus on, on, on making sure that you're spending that time figuring out what are the fundamental pieces to that task. And then usually the easier things will, will come pretty easily, right? So focusing on the hardest tasks during your intense work blocks. Um, and this all helps you with becoming a little bit more disciplined in your scheduling, uh, time blocking throughout your day. And again, you don't have to be like super type A, you don't have to have things color coded. Um, you know, I myself am one of those individuals where, you know, I consider myself type A. Um, and I, I find a lot of these the tasks that I have to do pretty daunting. So I focus on color coding. I focus on putting things into my, to my calendar, which are helpful to a certain extent. But again, I'm not really chipping in to the work that I actually have to do. So oftentimes I will incorporate plan like a planning period um, before, well before my deadline um, and focusing on those tasks, color coding, putting things into my calendar. And then from there, utilizing that time to time block, when are my intense work periods? When are my breaks? Uh, you know, what day of the week will I be working on these, these items? And from there, making sure that I am being more intentional, more deliberate about my work time. Um, so so we, 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 we talk about time management um, 
And a lot of times people ask, well, how do you actually do it? Well, that's really different for, for lots of different people. It depends on just how you work, how you digest information, you know, how you, you process um, your work and your information. But I think the most important thing that we can say across the board is you have to set deadlines for yourself. If you're not setting deadlines, you're not really able to assess how much time you have, how much time it's going to take for, for this project. So being very deliberate about setting that deadline. And I would, again, I would, you, I would complete that during the planning period before you actually start chipping into your work. And another helpful thing that I have, I um, have started practicing is, is keeping an accountability chart for each of my tasks. And again, this doesn't have to be some very like schematic, artful, um, chart. I mean, it, it's just a line down a sheet where on the left-hand side, you're tracking how much time you're spending on the amount of work or on the work that you're doing. And then on the right-hand side, you're going through and, and just kind of giving yourself some accurate and honest assessment of what work have you accomplished and what you have to do next. Um, when you were able to, to break these things down bit by bit, we're able to see our, our progress. We're able to see in real life the momentum that we're building towards finishing this goal. And it, again, it may sound daunting that, oh, I have that's another thing for me to do. And again, it doesn't have to be that hard. Get a piece of paper, a note, whatever it is. Me probably even use it on your phone, um, which again, it may be dangerous. You know, I'm, I, I am easily tempted, um, to when I work on my phone to do other things because that's where my mind jumps to. So, you know, I, I like to go old school a little bit and, and use pen and paper, um, and simply drawing a line down that middle of the piece of paper, left-hand side, keeping track of the time, right-hand side, giving yourself some accurate and some honest assessment of what you actually achieved. So again, uh, just to kind of uh, recap everything, one, my first step is to simply get started. You know, don't don't let your mind shift towards a small mindless task. Start chipping away at the actual work that you need to do. Second is is time management, focusing on setting deadlines and incorporating time blocking into into each day so that you have deliberate, intentional practice times. The last one here is to stop multitasking, and I I am saying this as a person who is very guilty of multitasking. I consider myself a great multitasker, but that doesn't mean I actually get much done. It doesn't actually mean that I am very productive. And that's, again, as, as I'm getting older, I'm learning more and more about my limitations and how multitasking isn't really... It's a sort of a... I guess we'll just call it a myth. You know, it, it can make you feel great that you're doing different things, but you know, um, all at once, but it's not actually helping you that much because you're not able to have that deeper focus, um, and, and contemplation and, um, mental, mental meta thinking process in the actual work that you're doing. So again, last tip is stop multitasking. Now that doesn't mean that you don't, you can't be doing different things throughout the day. That just means focus on one thing at a time. And, you know, let's say you're, you're practicing your, your instrument for an hour or two and shifting to something else and simply focusing on that one thing each hour or whatever time block you're setting for yourself and very, very intentional that you're giving yourself a break too. If you're, if you're on a break, take a break, you know, go for a walk, do something that you enjoy. Um, just be very intentional about what you're doing. So again, those are my three tips to helping you help, 
to, to help yourself work against that willpower depletion. Because again, you know, willpower isn't enough and it is an exhaustible resource for you. Uh, again, it's completely normal. But, you know, what are things that we can do as uh, within our chapters for ourselves um, that we can teach others to help actually get things done? All right. So the second thing I wanted to mention to you is a little bit more about motivation. And I've been watching some videos, doing some reading, and I came across um, this uh, MIT study where they, I think it was called an incentive experiment. So they were, they were looking at, at motivation and, you know, this can, you know, we can take the, this research and kind of assess it to towards our personal lives on the individual standpoint, towards the chapter, towards the national district levels, whatever. But I think it's very helpful. And again, this is called the incentive experiment. So essentially a group of researchers, uh, worked with you know a group of random people and they provided three levels of incentivizing uh what they call desired behavior again it follows this this model of um we reward the behavior that we want and we punish the the behavior that we don't want so again this is three levels of incentivizing desired behavior so what they found um i thought was pretty interesting is that when it came to mechanical work um rudimental work, uh, the higher the reward, the higher the performance. So take that bit of information and assess it to, to your life, just assess it to your chapter. When we're asking ourselves, when we're asking each other to do mechanical work, the higher the reward, the higher the performance, right? So how can we reward ourselves? How can we reward our, our brothers, our chapter for, for this mechanical work that, that is shown to increase performance? On the flip side, though, this, this study also showed that when it came to cognitive work, um, anything that was more conceptual, anything, something that was more creative, um, the higher the reward, performance actually went down. And again, this is very different from the mechanical um, aspect. So when, when, when they were asking these individuals to be more cognitive, to be more creative and conceptual in, in their work, the higher the reward added a lot of pressure on, on people and, and that decreased their performance. So, you know, we take that bit of information and we start assessing how that affects us as individuals and how that affects um, our, you know, people in our chapter and our chapter overall. So for example, I often hear, you know, when it comes to students who have to, you know, keep a certain GPA, uh, students have to be in, in a certain amount of, of um, organizations to, to, to keep their scholarships or to be in some sort of organization, um, we really look back at it. And is that really, is that really what we're asking of people when we say strive for the highest? Um, so look at that, you know, assess, is this, is this really what we're wanting? Cause if we're asking people to do more creative work, um, you know, as, as a group of artists, uh, and a, as a group of, of creative thinkers, how can we reward people? How can we um, take some of that pressure off people so that performance does increase? And again, with cognitive work, the higher the reward, the more that is at stake, the lower the performance gets. And there are actually three factors that this uh, study showed um, or pinpointed, three factors that helped people become more motivated or at least help increase performance. And the first is autonomy. 
and essentially that's self self um, self direction. People being able to kind of do work on on their own. So that's also been been shown to increase engagement. So you know, look at look at your own work as an individual. Look at the work that you're doing on a chapter level. And if you're a chapter leader listening, if you're if your desire is to be a leader in any organization, how can you incorporate autonomy into, into your organizational work? So one example they provided is uh, there was this company in Australia where you know the boss came in one day and said, for the next 24 hours, you all can work on whatever it is that you want. Um, it doesn't have to be anything specific as long as it is, as long as you're working. And at the end of, end of the 24 hour period, they found that people really took this time seriously and they worked on whatever they wanted. And there were, you know, there were solutions that were developed for issues that they've been working on for, for years. There were uh, ideas, there was, you know, there was a lot of innovation, a lot of creative thinking because there was that space for people to be autonomous. There's a space for people to be um, self-directed in the work. So, you know, as you're listening to this, what are ways that you can kind of give yourself that space uh, what are ways that you can give uh, your chapter that space to be autonomous? So that is the first factor. The second is mastery, mastery and challenge. And this is the second factor that increased performance for uh, for this experiment. And essentially mastery is just people wanting to get better at certain things. So I think it's, it's very clear that we are a a diverse group of individuals who come together to create our chapters, to create our fraternity. And we all join for different reasons. We all have different desires, different goals, um, as we're as we're transitioning throughout our fraternal journey. But there are there are ways in which we can help individual brothers, you can help yourself towards mastery. And essentially the first step is just making sure that you define you are honest with yourself and you define what it is that you want to master. What is it that you find challenging that you want to work towards, right? So, you know, when we go back to the, one of the tips, the second tips about time management and talking about those breaks, cool. You know, that could be a great time for, for you to be working towards something or, you know, take one of those days throughout the week. And instead of working on your task, you know, work on another task that you want to get better at. Um, again, so the, the, the second factor is is mastery. So we look at you know specific examples that we can incorporate into our own lives. Practicing your instrument is a great, great idea. Not now, I'm not gonna say that everybody want, wants to get better at their their instrument. But if, if that's something that you desire or to learn a new instrument, um, to learn a new piece, whatever it is, you know, that is a great way to work towards mastery. Uh, one of the things that I really like to work on myself to kind of um, dig into my my creative energy is I do a lot of graphic design. I, I, I do a lot of, of social media um, planning that, again, takes some creative um, thinkings, takes some creative solutions uh, and ideas to, to really build what I'm trying to get to, but that work, that mastery is helping me develop different skills. It's helping refine my thinking and my work process so that I can utilize those skills in, in the actual tasks that I need to, to accomplish the work that I have to do in life. So that's, that's the second, that's the second factor. The last factor is purpose. 
So this, I think this is extremely powerful and sometimes difficult because as college students, you know, I, I think that we're oftentimes told what our purposes are. Um, we're often from, from family, from school, whatever it is, you know, we're often kind of given, this is your purpose to work towards that. Uh, so for example, and you know, I'm sure there are many of, uh, if you out there that can identify with this, but, um, you know, growing up as Asian American, I was essentially told by my family that you need to go into medicine. You need to be become a doctor of some sort. And yes, very much stereotypical. Um, but that's, that's the truth, at least for my family. I can't speak for, for everybody else, but for me, that was my truth. And I went throughout college for three years and I believe that was my purpose. And I kid you not, by the start of my junior year, I was so exhausted because I didn't have any more willpower to draw off of. I didn't have that purpose to drive me. I didn't have that that light at the end of the tunnel that you know that I could work towards. I truly had no purpose because it wasn't mine. So <clears throat> as you're working towards 2020, you're working towards graduation, whatever it is, you have your purpose. And <clears throat> excuse me. And this purpose can change. This purpose doesn't have to be the same it can evolve as you are evolving um yourself so what 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 steps are you taking what actions are you taking what time are you you spending on discovering what your purpose is and what time are are you are you taking to assess that throughout you know throughout the year throughout your life um and for chapter leaders for those of you who want to serve in leadership in some way shape or form how are you helping people recognize their personal purpose. Are you spending time reminding your, your brothers of our fraternity's purposes, um, our five purposes and touching on them and asking people, you know, why is this important? Does this need to change? How can we incorporate this? How can you incorporate this into your life? How can you play a big part in, 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 in the solution? So that's the third factor is purpose. Right. So again, the three factors that help drive engagement, drive performance, um, and, and help people build that motivation. One is autonomy. Second is mastery. And, and lastly is, is purpose. So obviously, you know, this is a conversation that we can have for a very, very long time. And I think we should have this conversation. We should touch on this conversation a lot more than once. And as somebody who's gone through <laughs> enough years of school and who's, you know, going through my, you know, my growing pains as a human being as well, there are times where we get emotionally, mentally exhausted. Sometimes our soul is just tired, where we feel like we're not enough, like we feel like we're not achieving as high as we would like, that we're just disappointing people and that anxiety kicks in. and. I just want to reassure you all that you're not alone. There are so many of us who struggle, who work through this on a day-to-day basis. There are so many who, who are working through this and it's, it's something new. And I guess, you know, I'll just be vulnerable and transparent with you here. Like the past seven months of my life have been exhausting, have been so tiring because of many different reasons. And I often found myself wanting just to sit and lay there and not do anything because I, I just didn't have my purpose anymore. I didn't have that willpower. Um, it was 
shrouded. It was lost. I was lost. Um, so as we're moving towards the end of 2019, I want you to take some time, or I challenge you to take some time to ask yourself some of these questions that you know we, we were talking about before and give yourself some time to reflect and assess where are you at and on your level of willpower? How can you make sure that you're not depleting yourself to a level that is simply just exhausting to, to your core? You know, what steps are you taking to fill your, your own cup? Um, you know, assessing your, your level of motivation. Well, you know, what, what practical ways are you incorporating solutions to at least helping you um, develop plans, develop, a, a an action plan to get towards the goals that you're, you're trying to get and sometimes it it may just not happen and that's okay some you know like we don't have to achieve everything 100 striving for the highest is, does not mean be perfect all the time if that was the case i don't know if many of us including myself would be in this organization uh when we say strive for the highest we are talking about doing your best putting your heart into it putting your, your mind, heart, your soul into the work that you do and being creative, being transparent, being honest and striving to really promote our ideals and our values and, and striving to be the best band person, the best brother that you can be. And sometimes that best may look different from day to day. And again, that's okay. So if, if you are listening and you want to continue this conversation, if there's something that you would like to, to hear more of, if you have questions you would like to get answered. If there, you just need somebody to, to listen to you. I am here for you. And you can reach out to me at my email at bonco at kksi.org. That's B-A-N-G-C-O at kkpsi.org. Again, my name is Bonco, proudly serving as your national vice president for student affairs. I wish you all a great rest of your 2019. Thank you so much, incredibly, from the bottom of my heart for your support. Thank you so much for listening, for engaging. I recognize that we can always do better, and I agree with you. And at the end of the day, it's all about our students. It's about you. It's about your experience. It's about your journey. Myself and the National Council, the Board of Trustees, your governors, your national leadership, your district leadership, we are here for you. So please reach out if you need anything. Please do not hesitate because we are all in this together. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you tune in for our next episode of KKSI Presents. Thanks for tuning in. I am incredibly lucky to have the opportunity to create these episodes. Of course, I could not do all this without our editor, Ryan Smith, and I also have the help of our communications team and the Student Advisory Committee. Please help us by subscribing to this channel and sharing this content with your chapter. Until next time, AEA, and I wish you all much love.